לקוטי סיכס חלק י"ז, פרשס צו סיכה בייז. ולורן לאילו נשמס רבי יסף בן יומן, בן רב מנשה קלטמן. And as we have been for the past few weeks, we continue to learn in the schus, the shluchim, the shluchais, their children, their communities who have left Ukraine and those who have returned to Ukraine to their communities and those who remain unable to leave. May the Ebeshter take our learning and may it be a shmira, a guard for them. In this week's Torah portion, Parshas Tzav, in Perak Vav, chapter 6, verse 6, Pasuk Vav, we continue to study the duties of the Koyhanim and the process of the altar sacrifices. And we learn that the fire on the altar had to be kept burning at all times, tomid, continuously. Pasuk Vav, verse 6 reads, Eish tomid tukad al hamizbeach loisichbe. A continuous fire shall burn on the altar, it shall not go out. As there are no excess words in Torah, the words in the verse that beg question are the word, or is the word tomid, a constant or continuous fire. The verse sufficiently tells us with the words loisichbe, it shall not be extinguished, that this fire is a constantly burning fire, as it says in the previous verse. The fire burning on the altar shall not go out. And Rashi seemingly addresses this question when he explains the words Eish Tomid as Eish Sheneemar Boy Tomid the Eish Tomid, the continuous flame that is being referenced, he shemadlikin ba es haneiris, is the flame of the menoira. Sheneemar ba, regarding which in the Torah portion of Shmois, where we learn about the menoira kindling, the Torah teaches, lahaalis ner tomid, the lamps should be lit tomid continuously. The flame should be taken from this continuous flame that burns on the outer altar. What complicates this seemingly simple answer is that one, this entire Torah portion is about the altar and the sacrificial procedures, including the constant burning flame on the altar. Why would then there be a sudden turn to a law regarding the flames of the Menorah in these verses? The seemingly extra word tomid, constant, can be understood quite simply as adding emphasis to the idea and the value, the positive angle of the constant burning fire without interruption. Indeed, the Evan Ezra, a primary commentator on Chumash, explains the word tamid as just that, an emphasis on the intention of the constancy of the burning flame on the altar. True, the explanation Rashi gives is sourced in a medrash, 
taught in the Gemara in Yuma, but it's known that, and it has been explained frequently, that even Midrashic teaches, which Rashi will quote when explaining a Torah verse, must fit the simple and literal words in the verse that are being explained, particularly when the quoted source isn't prefaced by Rashi with the introductory words of Darshu, and our rabbis have taught, or a similar introduction, and with this omission, Rashi's indicating how closely related the verse and this particular explanation are. And two, Rashi explained in the preceding verse in Pasuke, verse 5, that reads, The fire on the altar should burn on it and not be put out. I'm sorry, up until there. Every morning, the Koyan should kindle the wood and arrange the oil on it and burn the fats. So it says in verse 5, the Pasuk before ours. Rashi explained on that verse, on the words, that the fire on the altar should burn and not go out and not be extinguished, that the word tukad, to burn, is repeated frequently in various forms in the Psukim before and after Pasuk Hay. In verse 2, Pasuk Beis, it says, He ha'oila al al This is about the burnt offerings to be burnt on the off altar. And then in this verse, Vaha'ish al hamizbeach tukadbay. And then in verse 6, in Pasuk Vav, our verse, Eish tamid tukad al hamizbeach, a constant fire burning on the altar. These are all mentioned, Rashi continues, in the Tractate of Yuma, where the discussion is around how our rabbis differ in opinion about the number of wood piles and fires to be arranged on the Mizbeach. So Rashi in Posuk Hay has already addressed the content of our verse, Posuk Vov, and said it's about the fire on the altar and how many bundles of wood and fires were supposed to be placed upon the altar. How then can Rashi now on this verse, Pasuk Vav, explain it differently and say it is about the Menorah? The question becomes stronger yet, when we see that Rashi in his next explanation on this Pasuk, on this verse, on the words, Loisichbe, it shall not be extinguished, says, it is regarding the fire on the altar. We could respond to this with the explanation, as our sages do indeed teach, that our verse, Eish Tamid Alhamizbeach, is in general not taken out of context and is indeed about the Mizbeach. It's only the word Tamid that Rashi intends to highlight 
in this discussion about the Mizbeach, and Rashi says that there is a lesson here regarding the flames of the Menorah, about which the word Tamid is used in Chumash Mois, indicating that it's the Eish Tamid, the fire of the Mizbeach, that lights the flames of the Menorah. This explanation, while seemingly a fitting explanation, is a challenge because Rashi would then have to indicate the lesson with the words, Rabbi Seinu Lamdumikan, our sages have learned from here, or phrased differently, from here our sages learn this additional lesson about the Menorah, but neither expression is used here to indicate that. As well, Rashi, in introducing the words from the verse to explain the word Tamid, quotes the word Eish, fire, that precedes the word Tamid, Eish Tamid, in the verse. And indeed, it is even part of the explanation itself. When Rashi says, Eish Shene'emar by Tamid, the fire referred to as constant. In other words, Rashi is indicating that the word Tamid is in fact a description of this Aish that is mentioned in this verse. And that Aish is the Aish of the Mizbeach. There is yet something else to consider. Rashi elaborates, elaborates and says, That fire too of the Menorah must be lit from the flame burning on the outer altar incorporating words that tell us that he is bringing this explanation in context with the latter words, Tukad al of the verse. So it's not possible to suggest that this is just about the word Tamid, and that the word Tamid is really a reference to the flames of the Menorah. There are Mephorshim commentators who explain the seeming contradiction between the two explanations that Rashi gives on the previous and then on the Rashi and our discussion. And they say that in fact, Pasukvav, our verse, on the verse under discussion, isn't explained in Mesechas Yuma as part of the discussion regarding the wood piles and the fires on the Mizbeach and their arrangement on the altar. It's only the earlier verses that are incorporated in that discussion, and that Rashi only mentions that these verses, Beis, Hay, and Vav, are all discussed in the Tractate of Yuma in a discussion of the woodpile arrangements to point to where the sages comment on these particular verses. It was a source rather than the actual content of the discussion there. The problem with this explanation and what makes it a clumsy explanation is that we know how very particular and specific Rashi is with the words, phrases, and terminology that he uses. If indeed his intention was only to point to where the sages discuss these verses, then Rashi would have said simply, Kulan Nidrashu These are all taught about and held forth on in the tractate of Yuma without further details. But we find Rashi does this in a number of places. 
And since this is not what Rashi says, and based on Rashi's exact words, that these sources, including our verse, were quoted in the debates of our sages regarding the arrangements of the woodpiles and the fires burning on the altar, we must conclude that this is connected to his explanation on Pasuk Hay, and it is about a continuous fire on the Mizbeach. So we're left with a question regarding the Menorah. The explanation is as follows. The significance of the word Tomid is previously explained by Rashi at the beginning of Parshas Titzaveh in regards to the Menorah. Rashi's explanation on the first verse in Parshas Titzaveh on the words Laha Alois Ner Tomid regarding the lights of the Menorah that they are to be kindled continually is that the burning of the flames every night that's called continually it's like when we say Rashi says it's like when we say a continual burnt offering even though Rashi continues it's offered up only from day to day. And then Rashi brings another example and says, The word tamid is also used when talking about the mincha sacrifice, the flat pan meal offering. Even though in that sacrifice, in that offering, only half of it is brought in the morning and the other half is brought in the evening. And then Rashi concludes, you have the word tamid for the lechem haponim, which was the, from week to week. So we can't suggest that tamid in our verse is an emphasis or adds to the words loisichbe, that the flame should not be extinguished. Because loisichbe means there should be no interruption at all in the fire burning on the mezbeach. And the word tamid, apparently, from this Rashi, can mean many different things. First, either during the days or just at nights, and possibly not even a full day and a full night. And so Rashi explains this word esh tamid. In fact, here, to add instruction regarding a different Aish, one regarding which the Torah has told us, and it's an instruction that that flame be lit, or the flames of the Menorah be lit from the fire on the Mizbeach. According to this answer, we can understand why Rashi in his explanation on Posuk Hay, verse 5, on the word tukad, burning, doesn't suffice with saying there are many phrases where this word yakida is used, while and relying on the learner to calculate the places on his own. Rather, Rashi details each place a similar phrase is used and includes our verse Eshtamid, and why Rashi elaborates deliberately and introduces his explanation and says, Riba kan yikidais harbe. There are numerous phrases in this passage where the term yikida burning is used a lot. When he could have just said 
Arba Yekida Iskan. There are four phrases of burning Yekida here. And there is a third point here. And that is that after Rashi says, these are all elaborated on in the tractate of Yuma, Rashi adds the why. Because, he says, the sages were divided in their opinions regarding the number of the arrangements of the wood piles and the fires burning on the altar. Rashi is intentional and wants to emphasize that this discussion where Tukat is mentioned in its various uses is, or the, in the various verses is about the debate regarding the fires on the Mizbeach and the wood piles. It's here in these passages, says Rashi. So it's reasonable to suggest that all the references to the burning, as Rashi says, Yekidais, are about the Mizbeach. In particular, according to the opinion that there were four arrangements of wood piles, which incorporates the words in Pasuk Vav, in our verse, Eish Tukad Al HaMizbeach. According to this, there is no reason for Rashi to bring an explanation on this verse, and were he to bring an explanation, it would have to be an explanation like the Evan Ezra explains it, as an emphasis to the constancy of the fire on the Mizbeach and not a reference to the Menaira. But then there are other opinions in Gemara Yuma that say that there were two arrangements of wood piles on the Mizbeach, and some who say three and not more. And so Rashi explains that the proof for this opinion too is from the verses, from the literal intention of the words of Eish Tomid. Understanding the Eish Tomid is a re- as a reference to the flames on the Menorah and not another fire on the Mizbeach. Hence the opinion that there were more than one arrangements of fire on the Mizbeach, but not four. And Tukad means that the flames should be taken, says Rashi, from the Mizbeach for lighting the Menorah. The Tukad in our Pasuk is about the Tomid, the flames of the Menorah. Of the wondrous ideas in Halacha that we find from Rashi, regarding a number of halachas where two things are interdependent in order to resolve the halacha, the question arises regarding which issue is the primary causal issue and which is the resulting issue. Here's an example. The shtei halechem, the mincha offering of two loaves brought on Shavuos to celebrate the new harvest, must be brought from the new crop, from the chadash of wheat. And before this specific shtei halechem offering is brought, no other mincha offering may be brought from the new wheat in the Beis HaMikdash. It is just not permissible. Is the reason for this, because the shtei halechem should be the first chadash offering, or is it that this is a law in mincha offerings in order for one to be permitted to bring a mincha carbon from the new crop, from the chadash, there must first be the release 
of the new crop offering of Shtei HaLechem, the two loaves from the new crop. Which is the cause and which is the effect? Why does this make a difference? Well, if one did an error, bring a Mincha offering from the new crop before the Shtei HaLechem were brought, then is one now allowed to bring another new crop Mincha before the Shtei HaLechem offering? That would depend on cause and effect. If the reason for not bringing another Mincha offering before the Shtei HaLechem is because the Shtei HaLechem must be the first offering of the new crop, well, then this offering can no longer be the first one. So there would be no further prohibition on bringing new crop Mincha offerings. That would mean it would be permissible to continue bringing Mincha offerings of the new crop, because the Shtei HaLechem can no longer be the first offering. But if the reason for not bringing a Mincha offering from the Chadosh, from the new crop, before the Shtei HaLechem offering releases the new crop offerings, then one could not continue to bring Mincha offerings of the new crop, even after one erred and brought a new Chadash Mincha offering, because the two loaves offering, the Shtei HaLechem, has not yet released the new crop. A similar situation and question exists in regards to our discussion. Is it that in lighting the Menorah, the obligation and the law is that it must be lit from the fire of the outer altar, is this a din, a law pertaining to the Menorah and its lighting? Or is it a law pertaining to the Mizbeach, the altar? Is the law that a function of the outer Mizbeach is to be a source of fire for the Menorah? A practical implication in which is the cause and effect here is what if there is no fire burning on the altar for some reason? Does it prevent the lighting of the menorah? Well, if the law is about the menorah, then when there is no altar fire, the menorah cannot be lit. But if it's a law pertaining to the altar, then if there is no fire on the altar, then the obligation to take fire from the mizbeach is nullified and the menorah is lit from another source of flame. According to the halacha, as we see from the opinion of the Rambam, it's a law pertaining to the lighting of the menorah. The flame must come from the outer altar. But when we look at the text in the Gemara that Rashi quotes, and we look at Rashi, we see that Rashi changes the text from what is written in Meseches Yuma. Rashi doesn't cite the words, Eish tomid she'amarti lach these words are in the Mesechas, in the Gemara, a constant fire, that I told you, meaning the fire of the Menorah, about which the Torah says, should be lit only from a fire that comes from the top of the outer altar. Rather, Rashi writes, that too, that flame, the flames for the Menorah, should be taken from the outer Mizbeach. From the Gemara, it sounds like it's a flame relevant to the Menorah that can only be taken from the outer altar. 
Rashi says that it's a function of the Mizbeach, of the outer altar, to also light the menorah. This also seems understood from the actual verses which place this law among the details and directives of the Mizbeach, as Rashi explains it, and not in the details of the menorah. A lesson in divine service here is found in looking at the assorted vessels of the Beis Hamikdash. There were, in fact, two kinds of vessels. There were inner vessels, vessels that stood inside, like the inner Mizbeach, the Menorah, and the Shulchan, and there were outer vessels, like the Mizbeach HaChitzin, the outer altar. These inner and outer vessels reflect two forms of service. One's work with oneself, internal work, and the work one does to influence another, to bring him or her closer from their place of distance, or the work that one does with one's own outer reality, like the outer altar upon which the sacrifices of all types of Jews were brought. That's where the world and all its stuff gets purified and elevated. More particularly, the lighting of the menorah is reflective of the study of Torah. As the Alter Rebbe says in Torah, the Torah represents the two kalim of the Mishkan, the menorah and the Shulchan. Because like the menorah, the Torah brings illumination. It is said of Torah, the Torah or, and Torah is light. Just like when an individual's face lights up when he learns and grasps a new idea, Torah illuminates the supernal face of God, and the pleasure it causes, the pleasure causes revelations to flow, like the verse in Mishlei that states, "Kiner mitzvah v'Torah or a mitzvah is a candle, and Torah the light, for which there is a continual obligation." to study, to continually illuminate the light, which is different to a mitzvah, which is not continuous. Certainly when one's Torah study is his profession, when his constant involvement is in Torah, one is like a ner tamid, a continuous light, and connected always to God. Of course, one who sits and studies might ask, if I can be lit like a menorah whose candle is lit tamid continually, why the need for mitzvahs which are not continual and are fleeting? In fact, why be involved with the world at all or with others who are on a lower level, like on the outside looking in on the individual involved in Torah study? For this possible question, there is the lesson that the menorah is lit from a flame that comes from the Mizbeach that sits outside. And not from the Mizbeach, the inner Mizbeach, which stands beside the Menorah, but Dafka from the flame from the fire of the Mizbeach that stands outside. More so even according to Rashi, this fire as it burns on the outer altar, is already a feature of and connected to the illuminated menorah. And so for one who sits and learns 
to really be lit up with the flame of Torah. It needs to be really important to him and it needs to come before anything else. What is happening with a Jew who is outside? What is happening with his Ner Hashem, with his soul? And that is what makes it possible for one's own candle to be aflame with Torah. This bond between Torah, the Menorah and the Mizbeach, the outer altar, is so important that the word Tomid is used to describe the bond in our Pasuk. Because the continuum in the divine service of the one who sits and studies Torah comes through the challenges and difficulties of the outside. And where he, when he puts himself out there to impact another Jew. It's then that we reach a point of continuance, timidius, in our service of Torah study.